Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Small Town Nerdcast. Of course, I am your host, Bryfi, your comics guy, and it's been a pretty, pretty busy weekend slash week for me this week. That's why the episode's so late, and it's not so much that it was busy because of like work stuff. I was actually off this past week, but I just found tons of things to occupy my time this week, which is kind of like the first in a long time for me to be able to do that like ever since i started my new job i feel like i've been and this was back in 2020 when i started the new job i felt like i'd been so gung-ho about that job and so because i mean i was and i'm I'm still am i'm wrapping up my apprenticeship but you know when i first started it was like eight months of class and so i was in a classroom i was learning uh, systems for a, a power plant and things like that and then, you know, you get on shift and while things kind of get a little bit easier because now you're not in a classroom the whole time, your hours start flipping back and forth and some like working nights counts as working two days because I work all night and then I sleep all day and I got to go work all night again the following day. So it's like I don't, I, when I work nights, I don't feel like I ever get any time off really. But when I work days, you know, I feel like when I come home, I get like a few hours to kind of decompress and and try to enjoy things and but even then at the start of my apprenticeship or for the last two years of that apprenticeship I've been really still trying to stay focused not lose not lose my focus and and I think just the stress of it all was really I mean I used to do another show like I had the Bri-Fi podcast which you know was named after me and was really like my bread and butter, and I, I did well over 300 episodes for that. I, I built, I like not to hashtag humble brag it, but like I had built something there. You know, I was, I had conventions I was going to. I was hosting panels, and I was interviewing like comic book celebrities. So like I had built something there. But honestly, the stress of this job and starting over and really trying to build a career from here is what pushed me over the edge and now I'm finally getting back into where I'm almost a journeyman now I I think I got maybe a month left or not even a month I think I'm hoping to be a journeyman come by the end of this month and I like I can see the finish line I see the light at the end of the tunnel and things feel great and I, I kind of took a break this week. I stopped stressing. I stopped worrying. I started realizing what I have and how wonderful it all is. I was even talking to my wife, Casey, about it, like just how wonderful things have been recently. And and it just, I don't know, man, I started consuming media again. I started playing Halo with friends again, and I started finally breathing out. It was like I've been holding a breath for the last three years. Not in, I mean, we had COVID and presidents and stuff like that but just I feel like I've been holding my breath because of the stress of this job and then finally now I've released it I've I feel good like and that's such a great thing to feel and, and hopefully you guys 
feel the same or find that happiness that I've just somehow found myself. And so anyway, what I was just trying to get at is this week I was filled with me just doing things, you know, RJ was in school. So it was like me and my wife at home. I mean, we even like did chores around the house, cleaned and laundry and outside stuff and getting the house looking better. Like, so like it wasn't just me being a weeb or a nerd or like an introvert all, all week, but it, it just felt good, man. And let's talk a little bit about what I've been consuming, man. So first told you, been playing Halo again. Halo was and has always been like my go-to game. Say what you will about any one of the six or seven games that are, are been released up to this point, but Man, I've been playing the shit out of some Halo Infinite, and it's great to get some podcast friends back in there and just start having fun, kind of poking fun at each other and winning games. Like that, that's always a blast. And going through like the weekly events and challenges and stuff like that, it was a whole lot of fun, man. And Halo has always been there for me. Halo, well, I say always been there. What in two thousand? 2000 i think is when the first halo came i don't know the original xbox man and ever since then like it's always been halo and me and my friends land parties and stuff like that so to get back into something that has always meant a lot to me and always been a part of my life in a sort of way was a great experience and a lot of fun and i learned like my first few games back I, i jumped on with two friends um and it was awful <laughs> i hadn't played in so long because one i've been playing uh, pokemon uh, violet and animal crossing after that and i really wasn't playing on my xbox well kingdom hearts from time to time so like the first like night i got on and played i was god awful man like I, I wasn't i'd had no positive kd ratio or anything like that and so I got on the next day just to kind of get, you know, get my ears wet a little bit and practice some more. And it started coming back to me, you know, like riding a bike. Like you might be a little wobbly at first, but then muscle memory kicks in and things start working and you start. And there's tons of new levels. I say tons. There's four new levels that I can recall and started getting used to them, started realizing where things go, where enemies are going to pop out of. And things just started gelling from there. And I had a lot of fun with that. Um, what else, man? Uh, the big review, the one thing I really want to talk about, we'll get into that pretty soon. I have been reading Spider-Man comics on Marvel Unlimited, and that's been a whole lot of fun for me. Um, mainly because like, I haven't felt like I've been able to enjoy comic books for some time, and then now finally... It's just, I don't know, man. Like I said, it's like finally things like with my job and stuff has really just slowed down and so i've been finally able to enjoy it and so reading spider-man comics like i used to when i didn't have stress in the world (laughs) like when my job wasn't stressful uh was a lot of fun and really rewarding and getting to see like peter parker go through everything again is a lot of fun and i realized what i've loved most about this run because uh currently it's the uh 2018 run of spider-man by nick spencer um, I was trying to figure out what it was that I really liked. Cause there are a lot of, a lot of parts of it that I'm really not feeling. It's just, you know, it just feels like, oh, same old, same old Spider-Man. But I got into what really captured me about Nick Spencer's run. And it's 
having Boomerang in the mix. And Boomerang, if you guys don't know, is one of Spider-Man's, I wouldn't say arch nemesis. It's not like the Green Goblin or Doc Ock or uh, the Crocodile or Croc, Doc Connors. I forget what he's called. The Lizard. That's what he's called. The Lizard. I mean, there's tons of them. I could go on and on. But the Boomerang has always been kind of... Like there, he's always been a part of major teams and stuff. Well, in this run, uh, Fred, which is his real name, I forget his last name, he's like a failed baseball player turned villain type way. And that's kind of like his uh, backstory. If you want to get a better backstory on it, well, hold on, let me let me get into this. And then we'll get into the better backstory. But so he's trying to change his ways. He, he's tired of being Boomerang the villain. Now he wants to be Boomerang the guy who mostly does stuff for a good reason. And... Uh, his true name is Fred, and Fred is now the roommate of Peter Parker and one of Peter Parker's friends, uh, Robbie, I think is his name. And it's really fun seeing Fred, because Fred is like super laid back, pretty much slob, annoying roommate, but somehow is dependable in the weirdest way possible. Like, he's, he's trash, but dependable trash like it's kind of funny and kind of awkward and kind of like it's my favorite part of this run so far seeing his um interactions with peter parker not knowing that he's spider-man and then with spider-man not knowing that he's peter and just the way he acts and how you think like he's gonna do something really good and then of course he does like the villain thing well not like a villain thing but he like runs away or he like chickens out or like something happens and it's it's all just a scam are like a trick and then there are moments where something really bad is about to happen and fred or boomerang pulls through he he's willing to dive on the grenade like he's willing to sacrifice himself for the greater good in a way he's like a dumber version of spider-man and it's, oh, it's so much fun to read and so and he's really what's making me keep with Nick Spencer's story currently because honestly I can't really care less for what's going on in Peter Parker's life um, we have like this looming threat that's been going on since like the first issue of the run where it's this unnamed mummified looking demon creature with bug things coming out of him he's really creepy and apparently he knows Peter Parker like this whoever this unknown villain or demon thing whatever it is and he's got something in store. And it's something that's been slowly building up over time. It's involved Mysterio. It's involved just other characters slowly playing their part, leading Peter Parker to wherever this entity wants him to be, whatever place he wants him to be at. That's the only thing that's really kind of keeping me even like slightly interested in Peter's story. But honestly, I'm, I'm reading it for Fred, man. And I couldn't figure out why. Like, why Why am I loving Nick Spencer's uh, Fred so much? Why am I loving his boomerang? And then I remember, because it just dawned on me, and I decided to look at my bookshelf. There's a series that I love during the Superior Spider-Man stories. And it was a, not a tie-in, but it was just a, an offshoot book to bring in the Superior Spider-Man to. And it was called The Superior Foes of Spider-Man, which you've guessed it, was written by Nick Spencer. And it focuses around the new Sinister Six, which has, uh, I think it was the Speedster, Overdrive, Shocker, the Beetle, and of course, our number one favorite try-hard guy, Boomerang. 
And reading that story, which I recommend anyone do, if you have Marvel Unlimited, check out Superior Foes of Spider-Man. You can find the trades in Barnes & Noble or your local comic book shop, preferably if you can. But reading that story is so much fun. Seeing villains, people who are basically shitheads, double-cross, backstab, pull through, cover, throw under the bus, and do all everything from every end of the spectrum to each other for a common goal is a lot of fun and it's hilarious and getting to see part of that moved into spider-man's universe like or the amazing spider-man has really what's been enjoyable and it's really why i like having boomerang i think if boomerang wasn't a part of nick spencer's run currently in this 2018 uh run of amazing spider-man i really wouldn't be all that interested um i mean the kang storyline or yeah uh kang no not kang Hunter, uh, hunted. Oh, it's right there. The Craven, Craven, the hunter. Like that storyline, while kind of neat and kind of cool, um, it it just doesn't shine as much as when Fred is on the page. Like that's my thing with Nick Spencer. He he writes an okay Spider Man, but he I love his Boomerang. Like him writing Boomerang and his villains are fantastic he should just be on a foes of spider-man or enemies of spider-man he just should write a sinister six book something like that or just a boomerang book is there a boomerang book i don't know but if there is nick spencer needs to write it because i would 100 read the shit out of that book um let's move on to some nifty nerd news even though that was like a mini review i didn't mean for it to go so long but man i love boomerang now like that's my that's my guy that's my guy. Uh, for the nifty nerd news, I got to apologize to Avatar The Way of Water. I think the last time we talked about it, I wasn't too keen on it. And, and not that, like, I look, I didn't watch it. Okay, so I don't think I'm, like, apologizing for that. Because I'm sure it's still not a great storyline, but looks absolutely gorgeous. But uh, we were kind of clowning on it because at, at the start, it wasn't making as much money as they projected at the start. Well, that's all said and done um <laughs> avatar the way of water is officially the seventh highest grossing film of all time as of like four days ago i don't know if that's changed any in the last couple of hours but i think maybe it's at six now. i don't know but it, it has no issue making money i'm sure in fact it's like the people were talking about it not breaking even and stuff but that's when you account for the fact that james cameron has already filmed most of three and parts of four avatar three and four already while doing this movie as well so he basically has filmed two and a half movies or two movies the budget and a part of this included those movies from what i've seen i don't know if that's 100 percent true but i haven't seen anyone say to the other like you know dispute that claim really so him making even like already breaking even on that means the next set of movies minus whatever cgi they do is all profit you know so i would have to say it's killing it man and the next movies are going to do even better uh, financially unless the story just really drops off after this and from what i've seen it, i mean it's an okay story like it's solid easy to follow not very not super different from the first movie but everyone and their mom says it looks so amazing it is just a visual 
masterpiece that grace of the eyes of course that's what james cameron's known for that's what he does he makes these beautiful he's like an, a painter he is an artist with movies he just he, he gives you that just beautiful lisa frank eye sparkles just injected straight into your pupils like that's that's what he's giving you man and that's what they crave um another bit of news and this is it's definitely nifty, very weird, super kinky, not nerdy. Maybe it is nerdy. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a journalist called Victor Knorr. You probably haven't. He died quite some time ago. Um, but, and it was in France, I believe, is where he's from. Victor Knorr, uh, like I mentioned, was a journalist. He was actually shot dead. Um, I can't remember for what. But... People of France do some really weird shit to his statue that he has of him. And okay, I call it a statue. It's his grave. And the artist that did who made his grave tombstone statue thing put the man where he's laying down flat on his back, like I guess how he was found dead. I don't know a hundred percent. I just and I'm thinking that's what it was. But for whatever reason, and I, I really can't say how it came to be because I'm just so baffled by this, people have come to call this statue a fertility symbol. And the story is that those who kiss this statue or rub the genital area of the statue... It will enhance your fertility. It will give you a great sex life. Or you'll actually find, like, the love of your life. Like, that's where, like, all this... I, I don't even know where this story came from. And, like, it's it's so hard to find. But people have been doing this since, like, the early 1900s. Or, or like, even before then. Which is so freaking weird. Like, this, this dead man statue is getting more action than most people I know in my life. Including myself. But... If you see this statue, it's like a bronze statue where it's mostly green except for two parts. His mouth and his crotch. And when I tell you there are photos out there, not safe for work photos, of people doing unspeakable things to this poor statue. (laughs) People will do a lot of stuff to get laid or find love or get laid. (laughs) And... I don't know. I just, I was so fascinated by this story. I just wanted to share it with you. You guys can look. Victor Knorr is the man's name, the dead man's name, the name of his statue, the Sir Humpsalot. I don't know what his street name is, but it's pretty crazy. Anyway, with that being said, let's get into the big thing that I wanted to review this week, the thing that I've recently binge watched the shit out of. Actually, no, we're not going to talk about that because there's still one more episode of Chainsaw Man. So we're going to save it for the last episode. But I will tell you, it's very positive. (laughs) We're going to talk about my first thoughts on Trigun Stampede. Because, one, this was something I was kind of excited to see. Trigun is one of my favorite animes. It is an older one that I've been a huge fan of. And so when I heard that they were rebooting it, I was pretty stoked for it. I heard it was going to be CGI, and I I was kind of nervous because I think all of us who watch anime 
know the horrors of CGI anime and how it can look really awful. And then a teaser came out. And I gotta tell you, this looked fucking fantastic. Like, this CGI is the best CGI that I've seen in a very, very long time. It was very enjoyable. It looks smooth as fuck. And I was super on board to watch this first episode. And I gotta tell you, it lived up to my expectations very well. Now, to be fair, my expectations of anything are never really all that high, but... This really, to me, captured what I've always known as Trigun. And it looks fucking badass. The action was top-notch as well. Like, you have Vash the Stampede, but he's still funny. He's still kind of goofy and kind of whiny and crazy and unpredictable, which is the greatest part. And you have Meryl who it was the, like, short-haired, like, uh, she was, she had black or blue hair, um, insurance agent, insurance agent from the main series. In this series, she is a reporter working alongside a, I think his name's Robert or Roberto, and they're trying to chase down Vash's Stampede to get a story because they feel like there's two sides to every story and they want to get his side of things because... Vash is known as the humanoid typhoon, so they want to get to the bottom of that. And everything happens very quickly. (laughs) Whereas in the original Trigun series, uh, it takes a very long time to get any sort of backstory on Vash and um, like what drives him and people's true opinion of him. You get that all fairly quickly and within this episode, which I, although shocked... Not, well, uh, let me say, surprised, but not all that shocked. Because one, I already knew the story. And I think this, I, it feels like uh, Trigun Stampede is made for an audience that already knows the Trigun storyline. Like, who knows who Vash the Stampede is? And isn't a, or maybe they're just taking a risk by giving you his backstory pretty soon. You, We already know about Knives. We already know about Ren and her dying and like the humans all pair or like whatever ships that they were coming in onto the planet crashing and burning. We already get all that in the first episode. And while it might not be like a full storyline that takes up the whole episode, it's definitely enough to piece together the pieces of what happened and um that knives is not a good person or well he's called nye in this translation or this story and i've heard some people say that this seems to follow the book that it's that uh trigun is based off of i don't know if it was a manga or like a light novel that first uh was made uh, of trigun but some people are saying that it's more closely related to that like the source material than it is to the Trigun uh, anime, and let's be fair, a lot of stuff, especially anime made back then, and even now, I guess, like, that happens too, like, when a lot of anime take liberties when it comes to the source material. Case in point, Fuka, one of my least favorite animes, but most favorite mangas, and there's, like, I mean, I could name a couple more, but, like, you get the point. So, while... Trigun, you know, will hold a special place in my heart, much like Dragon Ball Z, Cowboy Bebop, 
Outlaw Star, like all those older anime that I saw when I was a kid and only knew of an English dub with them and never really knew that they were based off manga or stuff like that. Like this was always just a cartoon to me growing up. Like it was just something new. Like, wow, these, these creators are making something. And like, I don't even think I realized these were from overseas. Like I thought these were just American cartoons that looked awesome. Like they were more for like an older audience is what I thought they were like. And that was me growing up. I don't, I don't even think I really pieced two and two together until like junior high, maybe not even junior high, maybe high school. Cause I was a dumb kid book smart but a dumb person and so like i don't think it was until then that i realized oh this is like anime anime like this is overseas anime type shit like (laughs) but i gotta tell you man i like i said i feel like it holds very true to the to the character to the spirit of the character i am loving the cgi on this because it I'm not saying it's great, like it's better than hand-drawn stuff or drawn stuff, but compared to CGI that I have seen in anime, this is fantastic, man, and I'm digging every bit of it. It's kind of like giving me Borderland vibes in a way, even though it's not really like Borderlands, but bright colors, over-the-top characters, definitely giving me a Borderlands vibe. Like if Borderlands did a show, movie, series like this, I would 100% be on board with that because that'd be fucking fantastic. I think Borderlands is planning on doing a series or a show or something. I can't remember. Or a movie. Who knows? There's a ton of video games that say they're going to do something and and nothing ever happens. Like, I'm still waiting on the Division movie that was announced like 20 years ago and not happening. And actually, I'm waiting for the new Division games that have been announced, but nothing's happened. Apparently, there's a mobile game for the Division coming out that I just found out about today. And there ain't shit about it. Like, any updates or crap like that. So, I don't know. Maybe I got to get into the beta test. Who knows? I digress, though. Trigun Stampede. I'm for it, man. I'm, like, I- I'm 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 in this wagon, man. I'm on the Trigun bandwagon right now. The Stampede bandwagon. And I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm excited. Like, wherever, wherever this fucking wagon's going, we're riding it. If it's downhill and crashing and burning in a fiery blaze we're doing it we're going all the way down we're not bailing out on this show because i i'm already so attached to it i'm missing uh one of my favorite characters from the original anime though um is it millie the the big woman (laughs) who shoots like fucking like railway giant ties at people and wraps them up. Is I don't even know what that gun is. It's crazy and insane. But it just it's like steel bars that wrap around people. It's fucking crazy. But and I've heard a lot of outrage that she's not in this. Like a lot of people are upset because we haven't seen her. Doesn't mean she's not gonna show up, but you know, some people have called this a prequel to what the anime brings, or like at least it takes place earlier than what the er, the first anime took place in. And so we'll see how that goes. Um, I like I said, I'm I'm all for it. I'm I'm riding this hard, man, because I'm a big fan. I love love the original. I, I'm very open minded to things. I'm 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 more willing to give things a chance. I'm not one of those diehard gatekeeper type people who are like, well, this is my way, and like if it's not the way I remember, it, I don't like it. Like I've never been like that, and I don't think people should be like that. You should always be open to new interpretations and people taking a chance on properties that you love. Like 
when I heard the news that Pokemon was ending, well, not ending, but Ash's journey is finally ending in Pokemon, super stoked, super excited because I believe there are tons of stories to be told in that universe. Why focus on just Ash's story or let Ash grow up and focus on someone else's story and give us a little bit of that, you know, that fan service with Ash and some female character. No names will be named because I don't want to start a war on here. <laughs> um, so I was very excited for that news. And I, Try something new. Do something different. Like, you should. It, it should be done. A new take on an old property. I'm all for that kind of shit. But yeah, that's pretty much the end of my spiel, guys. Thank you so much for uh, being a part of it and listening to me and yada 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 all that crazy shit if you like what you're hearing and you're enjoying the show or and you want you got suggestions for me th- for me to look things up or read things or all that kind of stuff hit me up let me know you can still reach me on email which is crazy at bryfy podcast that's b-r-y-f-y podcast at hotmail.com you can find me on social media everything is at small town nerdcast and on twitter it's sm town nerdcast because i couldn't fit small it was too big to fit small but instagram snapchat youtube actually i think snapchat's still bri podcast but youtube instagram twitter all is small town nerdcast with the exception of twitter being sm town nerdcast and email bri podcast at hotmail that's it for this week guys thank you so much oh also if you're um if you like video games you like watching people play video games or just want to come hang out sometime i do play over on twitch.tv backslash small town nerdcast you can find me over there currently i've been playing the shit out of pokemon violet and i don't think i'm gonna stop playing it until i beat it uh, mostly the grinding and middle middle stuff I do offline, but when it comes to like gems and star bases, I typically stream those. So that's when you'll see the streams in between uh, major events. Although here recently I'm so close to the end and I've already beaten the last gem. I just beat the last star base and i'm on my way to fight against the last titan but it looks like with the gym i still got to do the pokemon league in the elite four with the star the um star bases our team star bases i still have to fight their leader which i'll be streaming all that shit and i'm not sure what happens after i get the last titan but i'll probably stream after that those big three battles are like big three events that i will have after I finish up with The Last Titan. So that's what we'll be doing over on Twitch. And I have no schedule. So you'll have to just follow me on social media. On Twitter mostly. Because that's where I make all my tweet changes. Follow me on Twitter and uh, Twitch and all that. Get your notifications on. So that way you can know when I'm streaming. So that's it guys. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye.